You're dialing in to the All Things Telesales Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lynn. If the phone is your weapon, this is your podcast. We're changing the perception of telesales. We're a tribe of telesales professionals who believe in compassion before commission. We're empowering the call coaching experience by starting with the person and salesperson. When we take care of the person, the calls take care of themselves. All right, welcome back, Telesales Beast. I got Mike, I got C-Rock in the building. And uh, hey, man, you were introduced to me by our good friends, David Meltzer and his and all his friends there. And I uh, definitely uh, enjoy bringing on mutual friends. And uh, as a way of getting started, tell the Telesales Beast who you are, a little bit about C-Rock. So uh, my name is Mike Sirocco. Uh, a lot of people have problems with that last name pronounce, <laughs> pronouncing it. So uh, C-Rock was given to me in college and it stuck and I just roll with it. So yeah. um, I got a tattoo and all that cool stuff. <laughs> so uh, actually I do, but that's, yeah. that's a different story. Yeah. So yeah, man, I, uh, I'm actually in the mortgage business uh, nice. to start. Uh, I run a large division for Nations Lending, which is a home loan company all over the country. And I'm based out of Maryland, Mid-Atlantic region, and Miami. And so uh, I I was doing that for, for, I don't know, 12, 15 years, something like that. And I always found myself building people in that business. Like we say, man, mortgages is our vehicle. But what we really do when we wake up is how can we build our people so that they can service our clients better? How can we help build, you know, realtors and referral partners into like monster salespeople? Right. And understanding sales and, and being able to raise the, and increase their business. And so when we started focusing on that, our business started blowing up. And I said, man, we got to get like out of this little game that we're in and start thinking bigger. So I started a movement called What Are You Made Of? and a podcast to go along with that. And it's all centered around finding out like what you're made of, man. Like what mm. what setbacks have you been through? Look at what you've come through and all that. Yeah. And, you know, that that's you know where I am now, and I have a story that goes along with that. We'll get into later, but uh, in the mortgage business, dude, you can be a retail mortgage person out visiting people in person, or what I started was in a cube farm. I call it hitting the phones, man, pounding, dialing for dollars. <laughs> so, right, dialing for dollars. Yeah. So yeah, you're in the uh, you're in the mortgage industry. Yeah, you definitely cut your teeth <laughs> on the phone, man, for sure. Um, so did you like work in a contact center environment or kind of walk me through, you know, that kind of experience with cutting your teeth on the phone? What was that like? Yeah. So I was in the, the real estate world first as a real estate agent. And then yeah. I decided to get in the mortgage business. A bunch of my buddies were making a, you know, a lot of money and I'm like, man, what are you guys doing? And they're like, no, no, no. You stay over there in the real estate world, man. Cause I used to send them business. So they didn't want me to come out of that world. And I'm like, no, 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 I want I want some, I want some information on this. And these guys were all younger in their twenties, hanging out in this office, like a cube farm, like, I don't know, 50 cubes. And they were all hanging out, working, dialing, but also having a good time. And it was like a camaraderie, man. And I had gotten out of college, man. I'm like, I miss that stuff. I miss being around the fellas in the locker room. And so, uh, I, I pressed the issue. And then when I got in, man, that's all we did was Dude, you just get on the phone, hit the phones and dial. And we used to get leads right, yeah. that would come through like real-time leads and we would hit them and you have to be the first one to contact them, uh, the customers for refinances and what have you. And then okay. follow-up was important right. as well. So yeah. we just we just busted our butt and loans came from it, man. Sales came from it, right. you know, and uh, that's where I started. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, w- whenever you're talking about like follow up and being the first to contact me, kind of kind of walk me through that. Like, uh, what what do you what did you find that that worked in some of those cadences and things like that? So to me, the most important thing in business and in sales, especially when you're on the phone, is speed. Like when yeah. a lead comes through, like you know, there's no time. I, I got to be ready to pop it as soon as it comes through. Pop it, push the button. Now we had to dial physically back in the day. Right. So the numbers yeah. we had to hit ten numbers. Right. Now you can push yeah. a button or you have an auto dialer that dials for you. Um, but yeah, if you can tell the the gray in my beard, I come from the, right. the days where not quite rotary phone, but right. uh, but yeah. but speed, dude. Speed is the yeah. the key to everything. And how many calls can you get done in 15, 20 minutes? Right. Like that's. That's the thing I focused on. And then when I needed to do something beyond the phone call, right? If I sold, uh, whatever you're in, in sales, there's always some kind of admin paperwork or something to do, right? I did that as fast as I possibly could so that I could hit, get back on the phone. Um, so my thing is always urgency and squeeze as much in as little time as possible. And that's what made me successful because I could outperform people by basically the quantity, not the quality. I didn't need the quality. If you have quality, it beats quantity any day. And that's, by the way, my mentor is Grant, Grant Cardone, and you talk about phone sales. Right. Uh, he's a beast, and his team's a beast. And I'm a Cardone licensee, and, and you know, I, I wish I would have known Grant back in the day when I was on the phones. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, uh, I, I got the, the the 10X book and everything like that. There, There's a lot that um, that I certainly agree with as far as, uh, you know, how he, how he teaches uh, sales professionals. Um, more more about like having 10 deals work for everyone you want. It's about that hustle, that grit and tenacity, pack, you know? Yeah, pack yeah. the pipeline, man. Right. See, too many people have too few deals and they work off small numbers. Yeah. And then if they lose a deal, they're all upset and it ruins their day. Right. So yeah. you, you have to have the mindset when you wake up in the morning, how can I pack my pipeline? The pipeline is the, the top part. That top part is strictly people that are opportunities, not necessarily that you're closing the deal when you contact them, not necessarily that you're selling them something on that first call, but prospecting, right? right yeah. And filling that thing up as big as possible, thinking bigger. Most right. people yeah. in sales in general, not just phone sales, are thinking too small and they're playing a yeah. small game. Yeah. You know, and you got to really ask yourself, what kind of game am I playing? And yeah. am I playing too small? Because you can feel it when you're playing, you're, you play a small game, a smaller game than what your potential actually is, you feel like crap. You're depressed. You're anxious. You just don't feel right. right. And so I know that feeling, and I'm telling you this because I felt it before. Right. Once I started playing a bigger game, yeah, everything changed for me, man. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you got to starve your doubts. I know in the 10x book it talks about starving the doubts, and uh, I know it was like no negativity allowed. You really, um, if you're a solopreneur. You, you've got to really adopt these uh, mindsets, you know, because it's only you against you, you know, at the end of the day. And then whenever, like if you're in a leadership position, um, sounds like you have some some leadership qualities and experience and working with leaders as well. You know, as a leader, we can't allow any negativity into our culture. And, you know, kind of kind of walk me through um, some of the challenges and setbacks, you know, this whole, what are you made of? Yeah. Uh, I believe in the challenges and setbacks, that's where we can really find out what we're truly made of and uh, kind of walk me through some of those challenges, setbacks and any negativity that you've had to overcome as a leader. Yeah. So let me, let me go back to when I was 11 years old, 30 some years ago. I won't give you the exact number <laughs> of years ago, but yeah. 
30 some years ago, I came from a broken home. First of all, I don't remember my parents ever together. And I dealt with the child support conflict, the custody conflict. I dealt with all that awkward stuff as a kid, not knowing if it was my fault, all this crazy stuff. Right. And so I, at a young age was taught that life is not as smooth as some people think it should be and that it was normal to me. So I was always dealing with conflict and awkward things. And when I was 11, I decided to leave my dad's house after living there three years and dealing with some mental and and psychological abuses. Hmm. And when he found out that my mom had filed court papers to do that, he told me to go to my room when I got home from school one day. And I sat in that room, which felt like forever, waiting for him to come back. And my dad was my hero, by the way. He had a masonry business. He laid a brick and poured concrete, hard, hard ass work, but, but made a lot of money. And he always had a wad of hundred dollar bills in his pocket. And I used to look up to him for that, man, because you know look, right. that was oh, yeah. that was cool. Well, you know, yeah. had the wad, the knot, whatever you want to call it. He had the rubber band around it. Yeah. Well, when he found out that I wanted to move with my mom, he confirmed that that was the case with me. And I said, "Yeah, I want to. I want to get. I got to get out of here." And he goes, "Well, you know, she's not that well off. What, what kind of life are you going to live there?" Hmm. And you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, "Well, happy, you know." But yeah, right. So he pulled out this wad and peeled off a hundred dollar bill, crumpled it up, and threw it at me. And said, here, well, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. Mm. And, you know, I don't tell the story to bash my dad. So let's get that yeah. straight first yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's important for everybody to understand. I'm not for a sure. victim. I don't, I don't, I forgave my dad years ago. Right. As a matter of fact, I thank him for this because two thoughts went through my head that moment. One, I'm not going to let you win with that comment. I'm going to prove you wrong. And number mm. two, I don't know, like, I don't know for sure of this, but I can't be the only person that's going through this. Right. Other people have had their hero or somebody write them off, throw in the towel on them. And so the reason I tell you this is one, that's what lit my fire to get to doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Number two, every single person needs to find that moment in their life. Or even if they don't have that moment, make it up, make up some kind of moment that something lights your fire. Right. And then understand that if you can wrap your head around this concept, I'm about to tell you, the what are you made of movement has one dominating rule, and that's to turn all setbacks, letdowns, and, and, and negativity into rocket fuel for your future. Yeah. And once you become aware of this and you okay. understand that it's rocket fuel and it's a training session, every time you have a setback, you start craving that. You start yeah. craving rejection. You start craving setbacks. Give me some more. Let's go. Because you know what it's all about. Right. So that, that right there, that's the story, man. And, and then where I got my fire. And then through the years in business, uh, I've been – taken advantage of misled right yeah. i take yeah. all responsibility for it but i've used go. it and converted it to yeah. now yeah. thank those people for doing those things because i wouldn't yeah. be where i am today helping yeah. people sure if i hadn't been through those situations yeah i love what you said uh you know i've been screwed over in business uh too man i've lost a lot of friends along the way unfortunately in business um but the reality is, is yeah, you got to own it too. like point the finger inwardly because the moment you have a finger going outwardly, you got three more pointing back at you, you know, so yep. you got you got to learn to really point that finger inwardly. And that's one of the things that I definitely learned as I got screwed over uh, too, as well, for sure. Um, and then it sounds like this too, for you is uh, a chip on your shoulder that provides enough motivation to last a lifetime. So you talked about that's fuel, right? So so tell me a little bit about, you know, maybe some chips on your shoulder that's really motivated you to, to as fuel. Well, first of all, that, that instance back when I was 11, and there's several things that happened after that as a kid 
Yeah. With the conflicts of the parents. I got plenty of fuel, dude. Right. I can, now, if one runs out, I'll just find something else. Right. right? No kidding. Right? I got stuff in the reserve tank. Right. And I, I, I just, I, I, everybody's got them though, dude. Everybody's yeah. got them. Like you yeah. gotta, you gotta find what yours is. And then yep. you gotta find that driving factor. Now I started a company called people building Inc because you know, there's a lot of broken people and broken mindsets out there. And I want to teach people how the, I did what I did, but also help them in areas right. where like communication, leadership, culture, yeah. like you just talked culture, about, culture, those yeah. are the things I'm an expert at and I can show people how to do those things. Yeah. And so I started a company, consulting company, coaching company to do that. And that's what really I'm focused on besides the mortgage business right now. So right. people that are in telesales, for example, or if you have a team and you're and you just like, you know, look, I, I need to get to the next level. How do I do it? Right. Your people are the way. Yep. Developing your people, investing in your people, money, time, training, yep. so that your people do not train on your clients or customers. <laughs> right. Yeah. And sometimes what you're looking for is right up under your nose. You have it. Like it's 2020. We have all the resources that we need to be successful. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and if and if we feel like we don't or feel like we need some reassurance of that or some coaching along the way, you go out and find mentors like Grant Cardone or like David Meltzer is to me, is Grant Cardone is to you. You know, it's like we go out there and find people that we can really vibe with and then share the same core values, right? Like core yeah. values is definitely something that I'm hearing out of you too as well. And sometimes whenever you go through these challenging moments to find out what you're made of, you got to go back to the core values to realize, okay, this is what I'm made of. And so, you know, out of, out of, you may have several core values. I know a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs do, but when everything as far as core values, what are some of like the high level top three core values for C-Rock? Well, let's keep things simple because that's what yeah. I like to do, man. You yeah. know, um, one of the things when I left my dad's house, I moved in with my mom. She had a new husband. His name was George. And George had a real deep voice. <laughs> and George was really actually a quiet person, though, unless you got him talking about a couple things. Baseball, right. hunting, fishing, and what we do over here in Maryland, crabbing. Crabbing. You mentioned any of that stuff, man. He'd jump off the couch and get right up in there and passionate as I don't know what, right? right? Well, George came into my life at the right time because my dad, I felt like, had given up on me. And I needed some man, like a, a, a father figure when I was learning to become a man, right? George taught me one, a lot of things, but one particular thing. And this is what comes down to core values and keeping things simple. Do good things, good things happen. Do bad things, bad things happen. If you live your life like that, you can't go wrong. Now, the problem some people say to me is, well, what if I don't know what good and the difference between good and bad is? Yeah. Right? Because some people don't. And, you know, I don't know what to tell you in that case. <laughs> I, I mean, you, people know what, what good things are. And then you can always revert back to the thing, well, if you can't figure it out, don't do something to someone that you wouldn't want them to do to you. Right? right. Yeah. That's and, great core and, value. Yeah. And don't yeah. expect stuff from other people that you're not yeah. willing to do yourself. Yeah. which somebody mentioned recently, that's the silver rule. The first one's the golden rule. The second, I don't know who told me that. Somebody said, that's the silver rule. Right. Don't expect from others what you're not willing to do yourself. But those simple things, those simple things cover so much and, and you don't really have to get much deeper than that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for me, my favorite one is, um, I got to say, man, the compassion for commission. It's like emotionally detaching yourself from an outcome so you can genuinely enjoy the journey. And that is my everyday challenge. Um, you know, when I work with organizations, like they, they want that desired outcome and it's my responsibility to help them get there, you know? Yeah. But the reality is, is that I have to um, 
enjoy the journey of helping them get there. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, man. And yeah. hey, you know what? One thing you said on mentors, like, you know, I have a mentor or two or three, I don't even know, three right. maybe. Yeah. But the thing is, is that some people get into this, this mentor game, right? Mentee game. And it's good to have mentors, but at some point you got to really think about in your mind, like, I don't want to be right where that person is. I got to look past that person. Like not like look through them, but look to the other side and say, Hey, I want to learn from this person. But then I, at some point I want to become the mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily to that person, but to others. Right. But too many people get stuck under that mentor and as a mentee and they don't, that to me, it looks like a situation where you could cause a ceiling to be there for yourself and limit yourself. Right. So I told Grant the yeah. other day when yeah. I was when I was interviewing him the other day, I said, Grant, look, man, no offense, and I, you're like you're a hero to me. Right. Not in a fan situation, but like a mentor situation. But I yeah. have to yeah. look past you. I have to aim. Aim. Here's another better. I have to aim higher than you. And so that's what I want to encourage anybody listening to this. When you find a mentor, yeah. find mentors. By the way, you need a mentor. You need coaches. But your aim for your final destination has got to be higher than where they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then you're you're detaching yourself from the comparison trap when you do that. Because let me tell you something when you compare yourself to somebody else, and this is something that I have to be mindful of all the time. One or two things are going to happen when you compare yourself to somebody else, right? You're either going to be so prideful that you're better than them, or you're going to feel jealous of them. You're going to envy them. So. Yeah. That's a not great, only not only prideful, not only prideful yeah. when not only prideful when you're better than them or, or higher off than them. Yeah. The worst thing about it is comfort and complacency sets in. This is yeah. you talk about superheroes, right? I now this is crazy too. I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I wake up the morning, I feel like I'm trying to be a superhero. I am a superhero, man. Yeah. That's the way I roll. When I wake up in the morning, I gotta be a superhero yeah. to someone or some people or whatever. Now, my kryptonite is complacency yeah. and yeah. comfort. Yeah. And when you compare yourself to others, and if you are it, like at a higher level in what air, whatever area, comp- uh, complacency and comfort starts to settle in. And that's what you got to be careful of, man. Again, I think that's not just my kryptonite. I think it's a lot of people's kryptonite. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you know, to, to me, to, to wake up every day to be that superhero, especially when you're, when you're a family, like if you're a family man or a family woman or, you know, if you have kids or, or a spouse or something, it's like all that starts at home first and foremost, yeah. right? So let's have that conversation, right? So sometimes you got to start there before all the external stuff starts working and starts clicking. It's kind of like that. Um, when I get money, then I'll be happy. No, it's when I'm happy, I get money. Right, right. That's <laughs> so, the Dave Meltzer stuff right there. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Happy Buddha. I think that's what he says. <laughs> right? Yeah, we get the happy juju going on. on yeah, there. yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just a, it's just emotionally detaching yourself, but, but at the same time, the reality is, is um, you got, you got to be that superhero at home first, you know? Yeah, man. Look, here's the thing I have with that. So growing up, I saw a lot of broken people and broken mindsets and alcoholism and all suicide, all this stuff. Right. And I thought to myself, you know what, man, if I have kids one day, I'm not going to let them see that kind of stuff around me. I'm not going to be like that. And one thing I know as a father and as a leader in my company, which, you know, we're growing like crazy. I think we have 40 employees now, but I've led this company to $10 million in revenue now twice. This is a second time um, because we had a setback, but I look at things as everything that I do, I have eyes on me. 
like not like big brother eyes, but like my kids, my wife, my employees, my partners, they're all watching me at all times. And everybody should feel like this. People are watching you to see how you react to things, how you're going to respond, how are you going to take action on things. And, you know, that's important to me to understand that my kids are always watching me no matter what I do. Now, I'm not perfect. All right. So let me right. clear the idea. But yeah. to, to know that I'm working my tail off and they see that, then yeah. I set aside time for them as well and spend quality time with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those kind of things that I go through and really am cognizant of the fact that eyes are on us. And then we have to develop our kids. It's important to have, I don't care what anybody says. I'll take a stand on this. I might offend some people, but tough. I believe that you need both parents in a family because some things dad does that a mom does is not really good at and vice versa. And I believe that you'll find the most well-rounded kids, the most prepared children for our society when you have that, that dynamic at home. Yeah, man. And I love getting deep in these kind of conversations, too, because the reality is when you take care of the person in salesperson, the calls will take care of themselves. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, by the, by the way, when you're making calls, sales calls, man, you know, the, there's a thing called call reluctance. You've heard of that. I'm sure you've talked about that before. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How do you talk? Let's talk. All right. So call reluctance, you know, one of the things, the reason behind the, 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 the thing in the first place is people are approaching the call with the wrong purpose and the wrong goal, right? Depending on where you are in your sales cycle, most of the time prospecting calls, you're not trying to sell right on that first call. Right. Now, if you do, great. But if you go into that call for someone to say yes to you or, yeah, I'm going to do business with you on that first call and they don't, then rejection sets in. My thing with it was when I was calling someone, right? Now, if it's a warm lead, it's different, but I'm talking about like cold calling, right? Trying to prospect. If I go into that call and think instead, I just need to get out of obscurity and get known. I need to tell these people who I am. I need to tell them what I do. And I need to tell them where to find me if they have have the need, right? And that's all my job is to do. And it's to do it a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. It changes the ball game. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you're, the outcome is not as important to you. There's right. no outcome that you're worried about as long as you do your job by getting out of obscurity. Right. Yeah. So too many people approach it the wrong way and then it prevents them from making the number of calls they want to make. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, 100%. Um, when I first got my life insurance license, I think like five or six years ago, I was uh, my first financial firm that I worked at was AIG American General. And I had this, uh, I had this sales coach, if you will, like managing director. He always said, if, if you put your best effort, God's always going to bless the results. Like just give your best. And the results are going to show up. Just give your best. I mean, it's, it's that mm-hmm. simple. And do it numerous times. Yeah. Right. <laughs> give your best over key, right? and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, look, my, yeah. my success has been always predicated and based on consistency, frequency, massive action, and passion. Those four things that I focus on all the time for myself work. And that's what I share with people. So no matter what you're doing, to- telephone sales, you're doing working out, you're dieting, relationship with your family. Any of that stuff, if you put those four core values there on yeah. those things, that's that's the secret to my success besides the do good, good things happen and all that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, it's definitely been a, a pleasure rocking with you today, C-Rock. Uh, for the people that are listening, man, where can they find you? How can they connect? I'm on Instagram. That's my main hub. I'm on everything, really, but that's my main hub or LinkedIn, but Instagram at Mikey C-Rock, M-I-K-E-Y-C-R-O-C, no K. 
and Mikey C Rock. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, my website's themikecrock.com. All right, man. I, I got that the M I C K E Y in my head now. That old school jam. No, no, no. You got to get rid of that. C. it's M I K E Y. I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't yeah, get it but, mixed uh, up but, with Mickey Mouse. But, but you're over here getting this, uh, getting this in my head because I got a three year old. You know, we're all about the yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, it's uh, definitely been a pleasure jamming with you, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you. Visit allthingstelesales.com for additional resources that can help you drive more revenue. Did you like today's episode? If so, subscribe so next week's episode will be available for you. And if you really like today's episode, leave a five-star review. It's a good way to get the word out there. And if not, check out another episode. Maybe then you'll be able to rate the show five stars. Anyone you'd like to hear from on the show, send an email to podcast at allthingstelesales.com. I'd love to hear from you. Don't threaten me with a good time. So